Wholesaling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Cuts across, he scores! This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Episode 112, a week away from Christmas, 2020 is almost over, the show is just beginning. Predators official podcast, how do you like that, on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brooks Bratton, Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com, Max Herz, producer extraordinaire, making us sound good. We are in... A, a bit of a different studio than we're used to being in. Not Thomas, a bit. A Thomas, different studio. <laughs> Thomas can hear literally everything in his microphone. Yes, I can it's, hear Max's thoughts right now. The, the, <laughs> the headphone, I mean, my, myself breathing. It's, it's quite everything. entertaining. I have turned my head to the left for 111 consecutive episodes, but no more. I'm seeing you in a whole new light with a fresh haircut, by the way. Yes, Look at you. indeed. With um, some product that you're not fond of, but that's no. okay. No, but you know, you look great for radio. I definitely look good for radio. I feel confident in that. Yeah. New studio, new us or same old us. We'll just sound different. We haven't changed. Hey, uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining. As we said, the Christmas holiday is upcoming now, or as you may recall last week, we were kind of like, yeah, like we're going to have some great news for you. So not quite yet. And I would also say that we're, we think that this is probably the final show before Christmas, but you never know. I don't, which I was also trying to remember. I don't know that we've ever done like an emergency update podcast, have we? Well, no, we got close with the end of the season. Yeah. When we recorded immediately after game four and the return to play because we were scheduled and we didn't know what to do. And then That's true. it was like the season ended and we didn't really want to record, but it was like, well, we should go ahead and get in there and talk. So, yeah, I could certainly see a. 15, 20 minute emergency pod. I mean, that's what we're here for. Our friends Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick do it all the time on 31 Thoughts. Yes, a different name for theirs than what we'll use for ours, but <laughs> but yes. Oh, there went my sound again, but I'm back. So we'll see. Stay tuned. But still plenty to get to yeah, in for the sure. show. We do have some updates as we continue to await some good news. We we do have I mean, I think every Well, I'll say piece this. Of news it, it's a weird situation good. in that you're seeing minute details about I even saw a proposed opening night game between Chicago and Tampa Bay to raise a banner. And yet we're like, but we don't actually know when we're playing and what the divisions will be 100%. So it's a weird situation where we do have more than we had last week. We just aren't, unfortunately, able to officially say the season will start on this date. The Predators will open at home or on the road or, you know, all that sort of thing. So. Yeah, sorry to let you down a little bit, but we still have a good interview upcoming and we still have some other topics to discuss. Yeah, sure. A couple NHL news and notes we'll get to in a moment. Some thoughts from David Poyle and John Hines. They were on this station earlier in the week discussing all things Preds. So a couple of highlights to get to from them. As you mentioned in the interview, we finally caught up with Predators prospect Philip Tomasino. We know he's been a hot topic of discussion. We've gotten a lot of fan questions about him. Uh, I had the chance to give him a phone call and chat with him from Edmonton. So we'll get to that later on in the show. And of course, some Twitter questions to get to. But first, Pecorine has become a father. Yay, Pax. <laughs> I imagine it. I just imagine kind of like a Lion King type deal going down. Like, sure. I'm the king of Smashville and here's my son. 
Pecorine, uh, his partner Erica recently welcomed a baby boy, Paulus Oliver Rene, into the world. Again, his first son, his first child. Of course, Matt Duchesne and his wife Ashley welcomed their second child, a daughter, James Olivia, earlier or I guess back in November last month, and a number of Predators players are still anticipating. Roman Yossi and Victor Arvidsson are set to become first-time dads. Kelly Yarncroft and Matthias Ekholm have, each have a respective second child on the way. And uh, the Preds, Preds baby boom, we, we mentioned the other a couple of weeks ago, I guess we're about to be able to ice an entire lineup of, of just new newborns. Yes, the what what would that be exactly? The twenty thirty eight or the twenty thirty seven draft? Yep. I mean that that yep. could be the one where an entire roster is drafted out of the Nashville area. Um, yeah, <laughs> there uh, are going to be some genes there. Yeah, I mean my my daughter's two, as many of you know. So I do feel for Pex a little bit at age thirty eight. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, not being able to sleep anymore. But hey, you know it's worth it, and it, it gets better. So I, I hope that. You know, everything's going great. And um, even just being able to hear him introduce his son's name and really roll the R's on Rene was was a treat for us. So yes. that was that was really special to hear. Yes. I'm not going to try and duplicate that. but No, no one can. That's always a treat. So, yeah, congrats to Pex. That's awesome news. We knew it was coming. But uh, obviously one of the more popular players ever here in Nashville. I think you could argue the most popular Predators player of all time. So uh, folks are overjoyed and rightly so. So congrats to him and Erica and, and best of luck as they raise little Paulus. We look forward to seeing him grow in the years to come. As we said, some updates from the NHL. There was an NHL.com article earlier in the week. Commissioner Gary Bettman was speaking at another conference. And this is something that's been reported for a while now. And and the commissioner himself said that they are viewing the NHL season potentially starting in mid-January. Of course, a shortened schedule, temporary realignments. Again, all of this has been previously reported. And of course, nothing has been finalized, but the commissioner did say, quote, we are focused on starting at some point, hopefully in mid-January. And uh, he also said that they hope to be able to play in each NHL building. There are restrictions that could potentially alter that. But uh, the, the goal is to play in all 31 NHL buildings, perhaps adding fans over time, depending on what the current local culture is, wherever that home city is. Uh, but again, the commissioner is saying that we continue to plug away and we know that the the NHL and the NHLPA are meeting tirelessly. It's a, it's a daily process, it seems, at this point, just continuing to hammer away and to try to find a way to get something done. Again, if you're going for that mid-January start, it's got to be coming up here pretty soon as we record this on December the 18th on a Friday afternoon. Uh, again, Meet, meetings are happening, mm-hmm. but nothing too concrete to report. And, and they've got to get something to a vote to the NHL Board of Governors and the NHL Players Association as well. Right. On that current schedule, we're under a month when the regular season should start. Not even talking about a, a training camp that you would assume has to be at least a week, if not two weeks long. So uh, all of a sudden, you, you are very close. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, you and I, and we've already alluded to this, you know, thought this would be about the deadline, that we would have heard something by now. So um, I do begin to wonder if we go a week or, or, or two more weeks or, you know, what exactly the time frame is. Does that begin to impact other things. I mean, much like the original plan was January the 1st, 
things happen now it's mid-January you know do we push it back more do you see the games reduced I, I mean I think all those are on the table um, as they try to figure this out so I think it's good that a lot of the details are as close as they are and, and we have progressed past the point where you know there aren't humongous issues of like financial compensation and CBA and big mm-hmm. things that are being done it seems like we're you know we're just fine-tuning what's the best thing to do right I mean this is still unprecedented even though you did the return to play um in july and august like this is still now it's a different situation because you might be introducing traveling or you know the cases are 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 different and just and you have more teams i mean you have you have 31 teams now you you only had 24 the last time so all of those different factors and and we'll see it seems like it's progressed we haven't really had many setbacks the only one that we've come close to um, was a report from Sportsnet's Chris Johnston whom you've heard on this podcast before and that was you know we talked last week about the divisional realignment potentially for the Preds and part of the reason that had to happen was because of Canada and in an effort to keep all seven of those Canadian teams only traveling domestically only within those borders not going between the U.S. and Canada they were going to realign and make that a, a division I hope and still think that probably happens, but there has been at least, you know, some question marks raised about, you know, does Canada, meaning the nation itself, want that want that to happen and, you know, potentially be able to spread the virus more if you're going between those seven cities. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we, we've seen it go a lot of different ways. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I mean, even in the NFL, you saw the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, it was like a week before a home game. You know, they are now playing in Arizona where the Cardinals play because they got effectively kicked out of uh, out of their county, out of their state. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would argue, and maybe this is just because this is the hot topic over the last 24 hours, again, December 17th and 18th here, but it seems that all of a sudden the Canadian issue might be the top issue yeah. that the league is dealing with. There there was mention that maybe they would have to relocate all seven Canadian teams somewhere in the United States. That would be a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Darren Dreger of TSN also reporting earlier on Friday that maybe the league would be interested in looking at just going right back to the Edmonton bubble or a Toronto bubble and having all seven Canadian teams there. So there's lots of options and and the league is obviously continuing to work with Canada uh, on what can happen. But uh, if, for example, if remember, what was it a couple weeks ago, we talked about a potential division realignment and what it would look like for the Predators. If you've got to move seven Canadian teams to the United States, goodbye, at least to those divisions. Right. It it would change again. So Mm -hmm. exactly. So as we've preached all along, there's just so many things to figure out and all we can ask is the league continues to to try to plug away and that's exactly what they're doing with the players association so uh, again, it's you know kind of the same thing that we had in the spring, and and we sit here through October and November, and now December, and it seems like every just about every week this is the week, right? Uh, and and we just haven't quite had it yet. But and understandably, I mean, there's just so much to have to work through right now. Well, and that's also funny too. You and I will sit here and say, okay, here are the four things that we know, and then in five days we'll find out that we didn't know three out of those four things yeah. we just we just thought that we did and and we have seen it in other sports for example the toronto blue jays you know they didn't want them coming from the mlb into the united states so they temporarily moved into the states now that's only one team that's not seven so um again I would, it's a buffalo pete weber's favorite city exactly shout out voice of the predators so um we'll just see I and mean, that's all we can say i i 
I bet if you were scoring at home, the number of times we're like, well, we'll see or we'll find out. <laughs> it's a few more than it's ever been in the previous two seasons of this show. I think we are leading the market in that in 2020. But we're here to tell you we know nothing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't go true. that extreme, but yeah, close to it. I mean, at least Max knows something. But in our new studio, he doesn't have a mic, so he definitely can't speak. <laughs> he definitely can't speak on this Sorry, episode. Maxwell. Um, but 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 overall. I don't think we're speaking in a tone of negativity, and, and we do think no. that things are progressing. And like I said, I think the fact that there are some small details that are either already worked out or have been talked about, it's not as if I think when we hear news, it'll likely be quite a bit. Like, it won't just be, we've come to an agreement, we're going to start playing in two weeks. No, it might even be like, and here are the divisions, or maybe here's even the schedule for a while, or here's the you know the setup and that sort of thing, and, and just... A, continue to understand that each team may at the least each division will probably be different and we'll just see things go and in that i mean you know some teams might have fans others might not you know some might travel like you mentioned i mean we could have a bubble for canada it's like it's all gonna be different but we'll get to sort it out they continue to make progress and that's something that we can take solace and confidence is still very high that something will happen so Stay tuned. Maybe we'll have something to talk about before Christmas even comes. If not, uh, we certainly... What a present that would be. We certainly will hope for something as the holiday season continues and potentially into the new year. Up next, we heard from Predators General Manager David Poyle and Head Coach John Hines earlier in the week. They spoke on Darren Donick and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game, but we'll recap some of their thoughts on the current state of the team. This is the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game and streaming right now on the Game Nashville app. For more about the show, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. Brooks, a, a classic, the little drummer boy, but semi-friends of show, Carrie Underwood and Isaiah Fisher mm-hmm. from Carrie Underwood's new Christmas album that came out, I think in October, just a couple months ago. Um, that is currently my daughter's favorite Christmas song. So yeah, yes. that's and right. Maybe in she, particular that version. She asks for it by name. Rum, pum, 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 pum. Yes. We've tried to <laughs> at least add like frosty snowman into the mix a little bit. My <laughs> wife's been working on that just so it's not the same song every time, but nope. Yeah. We've, we've had Isaiah's father on the show a couple of times, but yeah. Isaiah, I mean, he's, Go crushing, check it out. It. he's crushing it. Yeah. Great album. Um, on their joyful, joyful, we adore thee. It's a great version of that. So it's a, uh, it's a good one. I heard Mike say somewhere that Isaiah was very excited to go to work with mom that day and, and record that version. That's a lot of fun. So love to hear it. Uh, always, always good to get the kids involved. Hey, uh, some predators news and notes to mention specifically from two people who are in the know, David Poyle and John Hines, uh, no, just as, just as much as, as anyone about their hockey team. And they were on Darren Donick and chase earlier in the week here on this very station to discuss the current state of the team, even though we don't exactly know when things are going to happen as far as the schedule is concerned. But I guess one thing to note or the first item that would be most interesting at this point, David Poyle saying there are 18 players here in Nashville already and nothing official, but he believes that NHL teams may be allowed up to 40 players at training camp. 
So that is something that we've mentioned before. We know you're not going to have the 60 plus players Mm -hmm. that you're used to having. But 40 is still a good number if that's what it ends up being because you're going to have 23 on the active roster. Now, there's been talk of maybe a, a taxi squad of sorts like right. we saw in Edmonton. Like we saw, yes, where you, I was gonna say. Yeah, where you carry maybe upwards of 30. You have some extra guys in, in, in the situation that, you know, obviously you don't want this to happen, but if five or six players were to test positive or whatever the case might well, be. Well, for another sport, almost like a practice squad in the NFL, except mm-hmm. maybe a little bit closer, like you know, there wouldn't be a waiting period per se. I mean, like in theory, a couple guys go out and you can insert a couple guys from that additional grouping because you're right you wouldn't have a situation normally you'd have an emergency call up from the ahl you know no big deal he'd fly in he'd be there right before the game you'd be fine but with an inability to do that yeah all of a sudden these 40 probably matter more than they have in years past Mm because like you said do we see 25 do we see 30 do we see 35 you know something like that well and i would i mean i would argue no offense to the the first 20 guys who get cut but when training camp starts you have a pretty good idea that the first 20 or 25 who are going to get cut right. weren't going to make the team anyway so i like the number of 40 if things are shortened which we expect that they will be you've still got some great competition there and we know the predators have a lot of players that they have their eye on to potentially make some noise surprise some people they want to get younger especially at the forward position i mean your goaltending is set your defensemen are pretty much set but there are some openings at the forward position, and I think that still provides would provide for some pretty good competition. Another update worth mentioning, and hopefully you've seen several of these photos on Preds NHL social media, but there is a group, a, a contingent of Predators players, and many of them, even the new guys that have been acquired this offseason, they are in Nashville and they are skating on a pretty regular basis under the, the current restrictions and rules put down by the NHL. 18 or so um, are here. We've seen, I mean, help, I think we've seen just about all the new guys. We've seen Borvietsky. We've seen Cousins. Have we seen Richardson? Yes. Richardson think, yes. is here. Benning is here. Yeah. So they yeah, maybe Cousins all... is the one we haven't seen, but just about. Cousins I mean, was on his way. Great. Yep. So, yeah, they are here. They're at least, you know, developing some level of chemistry and practicing and doing what they can. They've traversed the continent. They've made their way. Plugged in the MapQuest. Yeah. People still <laughs> use MapQuest. But, but to your point, there's still there's still a lot of openings on this roster and we've mm-hmm. seen Craig Smith go move on we've seen Kyle Turson move on Mikhail Grand that technically hasn't moved on because he's an unrestricted free agent but you know likely you know not back for this season um, and so because of that um, Poyle said quote we've got the door open for players he was referring to like Ellie Tolvin and Yakov Trinan not only to make the team but but have bigger roles um, and then we also as I said in the first segment Tomasino was brought up one more time, and then Poyle and Hines again, again remaining committed to he's going to get as good of a chance as we're going to have anyone. Like it, to them, they want him to be ready. If he can be, right? I mean, there's no reason for him not to be. They're not looking for a reason to not play him. If, if he proves that he can do it, then absolutely they'll go ahead and you know burn the year on the ELC and get him in the roster. And I would imagine high high in the lineup as well because of his scoring ability. Worth mentioning as well, of course, Trennan and Tolvin and players that were loaned to the KHL. Both of them have departed their respective KHL clubs and are on their way back here to Nashville as expected uh, ahead of NHL training camps. That was announced when they were first loaned and they are making their way back as well. So good to see that. And as Poyle says, they will be given every opportunity to make this club. 
Poyle at the time, now this was on a Tuesday, we're recording later in that week, he did uh, affirm effectively some of the rumors and reports we've talked about on the show of saying he thought it would be 56-game schedule, he thought it would be around mid-January. Maybe that is still the case, but again, it, it is at least a little uh, dated on that. But he did add one nugget that I don't think we've discussed, which is he said he saw the potential home play or the travel play working that, like for example, in the new Predators division, they could go to the Lightning and play them multiple times, maybe even play the Panthers multiple times, and then come home. For you baseball fans, I mean, you've, you're used to like a homestand kind of situation or a multiple game slate situation. You don't often see, yes, there's there's home and home series every now and then in the NHL, but not as frequent as it looks like it could be in this upcoming year. Well, never do you see, except for playoffs, and they're hardly ever back to back, but never would you see a team in the regular season come into Nashville, for example, and play in Nashville twice at Bridgestone Arena yes exactly that that just doesn't happen in the regular season so that is something we could certainly be looking at could be upwards of four games a week I would say the Predators average three games a week Mm -hmm. but if you're going four games a week throughout the entire season that's a lot of hockey and again it's something they're going to have to do with a condensed schedule but if you're not traveling every night that makes it a lot easier because when we're on the road if you're flying somewhere and going back to back, you can be in four or five different cities over the course of eight, nine, 10 days. And th- and that's a lot. So while the games would still be taxing, if you're not traveling as much, not saying you're gaining any, any sort of advantage, but it, I don't think it would be as taxing on the body necessarily. So something to look forward to and something that honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something of that nature ends up sticking yeah, well, if you recall, I think in the new CBA, we had seen that discussed. And it was just an example was when the Predators went to California, maybe that scheduling would be done a little bit better. So was, would it be possible for them if they were playing the Kings twice in a normal 82-game schedule, for example, could they go ahead and knock both of those out rather mm-hmm. than going to California and then coming back two months later and playing them again? So, yeah, I, th- I think the NHL continues to learn things from this interesting situation to hopefully you know improve things overall. And you mentioned the compact schedule that, that spills in right next to the 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 com- upcoming point, which was Poyle again saying he feels like UC Saros, you know, likely you know still the guy, maybe the one A, but that Pecorini is going to be right there, and he thinks it's a blessing to have two goaltenders, and I think you could see more back to backs, more frequency, and you could see more of them playing. And not every team has a backup goalie. They're like, yeah, we feel like these guys are just as good almost as the other one, so we're totally confident in that. And if you recall, the Predators said that a lot going into the postseason play against the Coyotes and then didn't end up playing Rene as much as they thought they would. And I think you heard Pelosi maybe even regretted that a little bit, that maybe we had seen him a little more. I would agree with their assessment that I do not think goaltending is why the Preds lost that series to the Coyotes. I think it was other factors. Mm -hmm. But to hear them saying that, I think that means the words are maybe a little more value when he's sitting here saying earlier this week, yeah, I think we could play both these goaltenders a lot. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but one quote stuck out to me a little bit. Um, Poy was kind of, you know, thinking aloud a little bit in the interview, and he was saying, you know, like I could just see Rene being a new dad, maybe his final year in the NHL, definitely his final year, at least under this contract that he signed to, you know, after a, a, a kind of a bad year by his standards last year. He said, I could totally see him, you know, bouncing back and maybe even being our our, our number one starter. Um, he's like, I, I, he said, if I were a betting man, like you know, I'd, I'd be betting on Pekka Rene to bounce back. I thought that was interesting just to hear him thinking like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ne- never count pecks out. And yet, to your point, I mean, that, that Coyote series was obviously only a four-game series. If you're going over the course of a 56-game season, right. you're playing four games a week. 
I mean, why not go in at least to start with the mindset of potentially splitting? And we'll see how that works out uh, between the goaltenders. But yeah, certainly it's good news. You, if there was ever a time to have a tandem like this, I think it's now. One more note, and you mentioned it just a moment ago, but John Hines did say the Predators will be paying close attention to Philip Tomasino and, of course, all their other prospects of the World Juniors, but Tomasino in particular, and quote, hopefully see him following the tournament, depending on when NHL training camp potentially starts and how long this tournament ends up going usually ends that first week of January, but with restrictions and different things happening, you never know. Maybe that tournament could get extended as well. I say all that to say the predators sound like me. I do. You know, you hang out enough. You start picking up on things. (laughs) Philip Tomasino, the hope is to get him here eventually and, and give him a shot at this team. The predators are pretty hopeful of that. They would like to see what he can do in the world juniors. I think he's going to, it's, it's a great tune up and good a shot as any. Yeah. You'll hear him mention that coming up, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a goal of his and it's something he's looking forward to. And the predators are hoping that as well. I thought it was a good question on the Darren Donick and Shea shows. You mentioned that's where these interviews came from. I, I don't know if it was Darren that asked it per se, but, but anyway, the question was, you know, normally even if you knew, hey, there's a top prospect for you, like Hines would not have the opportunity to sit down and watch every single game. No, he'd be in the middle of an NHL schedule. So, I mean, even from Tomasino's perspective, um, to be thinking like, hey, my head, my potential head coach, you know, upcoming here might be watching every single one of my games. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's good to have in the back of your mind as well. So, um, yeah, we're we're hopeful to see it. We, we think that. Maybe even by the time you finish this episode, if you're busy around the holidays, that the World Junior Championships will have started. Um, we're excited to see it as well. And I, I don't want to only speak negatively about our temporary studio because I can't normally see the time of the segment on Producer Max's screen. So I know that we're at 11 minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds. And that means it's time to go. So wow. stick with us for see, the next segment. Though. I usually have that. I've never, I didn't even know this was an option. I try I to keep it. it on my iPad over here. But now I know. <laughs> we'll hear from one of those Predators prospects who will be playing in the World Junior Championship in just about a week. It's Philip Tomasino. Brooks spoke with him earlier in the week, but we play it for you next here on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. I can no longer listen to that song without picturing Dwight. I was just going to say, guitar. for sure. From the office, of course, for all of our fellow office fans. Trans Siberian Orchestra, Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, 1224. The unofficial, official rock song of Christmas. Welcome back. Predators Official Podcast, ESPN 1025 The Game, Brooks Bratton. Thomas Willis here to bring you our chat with our guest this week. But before we do that, we do want to mention, and he is one of these five participants, five of Nashville's top prospects will represent their countries at the 2021 IIHF World Junior Championship later this month as they vie for a gold medal under these unique, to say the least, circumstances. So we had a pretty good idea that all these guys would be making it, but it was made official. So last Friday, Philip Tomasino officially named to Team Canada's roster for the World Juniors. Forward Yuso Parsonen, who was drafted also in 2019 by the Preds in Vancouver, he will skate for Team Finland. And then Russia, stacked with Predators prospects. Of course, Yaroslav Askarov, the goaltender, 
will be minding the net for the Russians. Then you've got forward Igor Afanasyev and defenseman Semyon Chistikov. You remember that they were victorious at the Karyala Cup earlier in the year. So those three have essentially gone from starring from Russia in that tournament. They'll hope to do the same at the World Juniors here in Edmonton. And Thomas, for not knowing when the NHL is exactly going to get going, we at least have some hockey to look forward to here. In only a week. I mean, we're, we're that close to it if things remain on schedule. As you mentioned, unfortunately, even with this tournament, there's a little bit of a question mark surrounding it. But if things proceed as we think that they will, like you said, I mean, actual hockey involving Predators prospects in under a week. And I would imagine that Philip Tomasino may be the number one player that Preds fans want to see the most just because of that five. I won't say he's the only one because Igor Afanasyev should be at training camp and may have a chance to make the roster. But Tomasino is the only one that we've heard talked about a lot over the summer as a guy who could play for the Predators for this 2021 season. Um, like I said, Afanasyev behind him, but at least, you know, realistic. And then maybe a, se- a close second for starters, I don't think I've ever wanted to watch Team Russia so much, but I mean, A, with, <laughs> with three prospects, you're already going to, but mm-hmm. even though we know he's several years out from Nashville and, and maybe even Milwaukee at that point, but to be able to see Askarov and watch him in theory, I mean, play entire games and, and maybe play every game for Russia in this tournament, I mean, that's that's pretty exciting to see. So I think Tomasino for me is is top, and then Askarov and Afanetsev are, are second, third, but close. So it, it'll be fun to watch. All the games on NHL Network here in the United States, you will certainly have a chance to see those Predators prospects live and in person. Philip Tomasino, he plans on being here in Nashville at some point, and I had the chance to chat with him just a couple of days ago on that very subject as he was kind enough to join me from the Edmonton bubble. Here is Predators prospect Philip Tomasino. Phil, it's been too long, but it's good to talk to you. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been... uh been a little too long for sure so we we were just talking off air that usually we would have seen you in june for uh development camp we know that you were here for a bit in july with training camp we'll get more to that in a moment but as i said you're with team canada right now so first off just tell us where you are currently and what's going on with team canada at the moment yeah so um after staying in a nice uh, gw marriott uh, that's connected to the rink so that's uh, it's a pretty nice hotel so we've uh, we got pretty lucky but uh we've actually uh, i think every team's had a quarantine for four days so today's actually our last day of quarantine so starting tomorrow we get to start to you know go back on the ice and practice again so i'm uh, looking forward to, to that but as of right now a lot of uh a lot of netflix and a lot of xbox for sure to help uh, help the time go by so I was going to say, I spent a couple weeks in the JW back in July, so uh, pretty nice digs. That's not a, not a bad place to be if you have to be in quarantine. But, of course, you're with Team Canada for the World Junior Championship. We know that you've been in camp ahead of time. How have the preparations for the World Juniors been going, and, and what's it been like the last little bit here for you? Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, just getting the chance to kind of get back you know, into the groove with, with the guys and you know, play some games again was, was awesome. And, Obviously, we had uh, you know a little bit of a, of a backtrack there where we had a you know we had a couple uh, positive tests. We had a quarantine for two weeks, so that uh, that kind of sucked for sure. But I think uh, you know heading out of, you know coming out of that just made us uh, a lot stronger. I think uh, you know when, you know we, once we came together as a group, I think it's going to be uh, you know a really special turn for us. So I'm looking forward to, to get going here. But uh, overall, just just awesome to kind of get back into things and get back to a little bit normal in terms of in terms of hockey for sure. So. 
Philip, we, we talk about it a lot on our show, especially with the World Juniors coming up here soon, but uh, explain exactly what the World Juniors are, how you see it, and what do they mean to a hockey player, especially one like yourself from Canada? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in, in terms of, of Canadians in general, I mean, it's just... You know, seeing your the country support you. I mean, growing up, every Christmas, you know, you turn you turn on TSN and you watch uh, you watch World Juniors. So I think uh, every you know ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to to be a part of it. And now that uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm lucky enough to get the chance. It's going to be pretty special for me and and my family as well. So it's just, it's just an awesome awesome feeling. And obviously, you know, the goal is to to win a gold medal, and there's a, a lot of work to, to be done for sure, but. We're looking forward to, to the challenge, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really fun uh, fun tournament for all of us for sure. We heard from Predators John, uh, head coach John Hines a few days ago on this station, and he had mentioned that one of the stories that he heard about you and what impresses him most about you is uh, you've played at the U18 level at the World Juniors, never the U20. You didn't make the team last year and really took that as some motivation. How did you see that shake out, and how did that play into your development and, and being able to come out and make the team this time around? Yeah, obviously last year, I mean, I didn't even, uh, you know, get invited to, to selection camp. So that was a big, really big motivation factor for me to to kind of prove them wrong last year and to have, you know, have finished out my, my year pretty strong. Um, obviously, I, I, you know, I think I had a pretty good year last year. So obviously leading up to this year, we didn't have, uh, you know, any, any time to kind of prepare, you know, in terms of any regular season games. So we kind of just went back into, into the groove of things. But like you said, like last year, just, Using that that motivation of, of not being invited to the camp to to really you know prove, prove to them that you know I'm capable of being here and um, obviously it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun and I think that was definitely a a big factor in helping me uh, get to this point for sure. So. Well, we've heard from Coach Hines. We've heard from General Manager David Poyle. They talk very highly of you and look forward to hopefully seeing you here, maybe even as early as this season. How do you view a potential opportunity to maybe join the Predators in the months ahead here? And if so, the World Juniors is a pretty darn good tune-up for that, no? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good tune-up for sure. I mean, um, you know, I've said it all along my Obviously, my, my goal right now is to is to win a gold medal, but you know my main goal is to obviously you know be a part of national next year and, and be a part of that team. So um, obviously, I'm still still focused on that. But you know, right now, definitely the focus is, is on was with our team and then winning the gold medal. But um, no, I'm looking forward to like like you said, hopefully getting a chance to come down there after uh, after our ter- after our tournament and, and getting the chance to you know be a part of that team come next year. And I'm looking forward to, to that challenge as well. So. Predators prospect Philip Tomasino is our guest here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Philip, as we mentioned at the top, you were actually here in Nashville in the summer. You participated in, I guess you could call it training camp, essentially, the part of the return to play plan that the NHL put forth. And you skated with a number of Predators teammates and fellow prospects at Bridgestone Arena who were invited to camp. Uh, We know that you didn't ultimately end up going to Edmonton with the NHL club at that point. But what was that experience? like for you and and just to get here in Nashville be around the team some potential future teammates and and just have that as part of your summer and part of your your hockey career to this point what was that experience like yeah that experience is definitely awesome I mean uh, I learned so much um, from all the guys got the chance to be all the guys and um, just an awesome experience for myself just to see how they train and see how they how they eat and just stuff like that it was uh it was an awesome experience, and you know I was really thankful to to get that opportunity. And um, obviously, when no one you haven't played in a while, to kind of get back into it in the middle of summer was was awesome. And 
just uh, just a lot of fun, and it was uh, it was definitely uh, definitely made my summer a lot better for sure. And it was, uh, you know, like I said earlier, just looking forward to, to getting back there, and hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, staying there for for a little longer this time for sure. So we heard that you spent some time with Ryan Ellis as well. What was that experience like for you, and and what did you learn from not only him but just being around NHL guys on a on a daily basis and seeing what their lives are like. Yeah, he was uh, he was awesome to me. Obviously, he treated me um, you know unbelievable. So uh, a lot of thanks to him. Obviously, he was uh, he was really big for me. I, I learned a lot from him, especially uh, you know little off ice habits, just you know what to eat, just different stuff like that, how to how to train your body, and, and you know I really really learned a lot from him. So just getting an opportunity to to live with him and be around him was was an awesome experience for myself, and just to be around all the other guys, get to skate with them, and just to see what it takes to, to get to that level is, is huge. And, um, you know, it was nice to kind of get to see that firsthand and you know, looking forward to, to competing against them for sure. So, Well, it's kind of crazy to believe it's been, I guess, a year and a half already since you've been drafted in Vancouver. It seems like five years ago after 2020. But what have you improved upon in that time? Of course, you had a great season in the Ontario Hockey League, 40 goals, 100 points. How have you improved your game as a player, maybe on the ice and off the ice, and and what's different from June of 2019 now to December of 2020? Yeah, I mean we've had a lot of time to to train off ice, so that's been a, that's been a big thing for me. Um, just kind of working on my explosiveness, uh, my first kind of three steps. I think that's uh, something you, you see when you, when you see with the pro guys is how fast they are, kind of from a stop. So. That's something I really wanted to work on, and obviously just strength in general. Uh, with with all the off ice time we had, it was, it was a big summer to to get stronger and maybe not necessarily put more weight on, but just um, you know maybe work on some balance and stuff like that. So that was those are probably the the main things, and obviously little skills on the ice like my shot and stuff like that. I always want to continue to work on, but uh, I would say that probably the quickness would be the biggest thing for me that I noticed, especially skating with the with all the guys just seeing how, how quick they are is definitely something I, I wanted to work on with all the extra time so Philip how much contact have you had with members of the Preds organization since you've been drafted and and how much have they helped you with your game of course you're you're playing with different teams and you're not here full time yet but how much contact how much interaction do you have with people here in Nashville who obviously would like to see you here full time someday yeah, I mean, I've had a ton, um, especially you know Scott Scott Nickel and Sebastian Borlo. Um, they've been they've been awesome to me. Obviously, a lot of video with them and a lot of support from them. So they've been they've been great for me ever since uh, kind of ever since draft day. So um, especially Sebastian coming out to to our games and always working with with him and with you know with video and stuff like that. So those guys have been uh, you know in particular have been huge for me and um, a lot of thanks to them for for definitely helping me out and um, you know, I think they've they've taught me a lot for sure. So. All right, you mentioned it when we first started, and I got to know, since you've been quarantined and holed up, a lot of Xbox, a lot of Netflix, what are you playing, what are you watching? Um, well, a lot of the boys have been playing Fortnite together, actually, so uh, a lot of Fortnite. Um, the new Call of Duty is pretty good, so I've been, uh, been playing that quite a bit. And um, Other than that, I've been watching The Office a little bit. I know Office is getting kicked off of... Uh, of Netflix and I think in the new year so I've been trying to finish that <laughs> yeah you gotta, you gotta that, hurry that's uh-huh. that's very disappointing yeah we gotta yeah we gotta hurry and watch watch the rest of those but uh, no overall just you know it's nice to, to be together with all the guys and 
especially we have a, a lot, lot of extra time, but just to spend uh, with those guys on, on Xbox is pretty funny and pretty, uh, pretty awesome. So it's been, uh, it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, uh, we've, we've had a lot of stuff to do, you know, throughout our quarantine, so we haven't been uh, too bored, but uh, I know we're looking forward to, to finally getting out and finally uh, playing some games uh, in the next couple of days here. So. Absolutely. Well, I got to ask too, the holiday season's here and obviously things are a little bit different this time around, but any Tomasino family traditions that you would typically look forward to this time of year? Yeah, usually I go to my um, my grandparents' house for for a nice little lunch or something like that. Obviously, I don't think this year uh, it would have been would have been possible. But um, no, I'm sure uh, I'm sure my family's gonna. You know, it's happy that uh, you know I'm I'm here and they're they're gonna celebrate. But um, no, it's gonna be a little different. You Note know, that I'm not uh, time my first Christmas as I'm not with them, so it's gonna be uh, a little different. But at the same time, I get to spend Christmas with the boys. So I mean, uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit different, but it's gonna be fun. I mean, obviously, uh, we're here for for a reason, and uh, it's gonna be nice to celebrate at the same time that we we play the next, uh, I think, Christmas uh, Christmas Eve or the day after. So it's gonna be a, kind of a quick turnaround, but I'm looking forward to it for sure. For sure. Well, and I I'm wondering this too because I was always a big christmas jersey kid growing up like every year for christmas you got to have a brand new jersey under the tree whoever it was were you like that did you get a jersey hockey equipment anything like that year to year yeah i think um maybe some hockey sticks i think that was probably something i always got um for christmas for my for my parents um obviously going up uh didn't break too many so maybe once a year i'd probably get uh, a little hockey stick but um, other than that, I never really got a lot of jerseys. Um, I kind of had a, a couple that I just always wore. So other than that, nothing really uh, too big. Obviously, a lot of Xbox games as well. It was a pretty big gamer growing up as well. So probably <laughs> probably stick to those and some clothes as well. So not uh, nothing too fancy for sure, but probably just hockey sticks in general, I would say. Awesome. Well, hopefully the gaming has helped you to this point when you're playing Fortnite yeah. with the boys. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I've definitely gone a lot better from I've gone here for sure so love it well a gold medal would obviously be the best present of all so best of luck to you and Team Canada we hope to see you have some success here at the World Juniors and then we hope to see you soon here in Nashville but Philip all the best thanks for doing this and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again sometime soon thanks Brooks thanks for having me appreciate it the POP returns next as we answer your Twitter questions to wrap up episode 112 right here on ESPN 1025 The Game segment episode 112 of the predators official podcast my favorite christmas song it's from your my favorite, favorite band. band you too oh wait <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's historical reference think. for those who've been actually listening to all these episodes yes as in last week oh okay cole plays christmas lights as we wrap up what we're gonna call the christmas show episode 112 of the Preds official podcast espn 1025 the game i'm brooks he's thomas We've got something to read for you. Yeah, this is exciting. It's very exciting and official. You want to do it or should I do it? Well, I was going to do it because I was going to let you answer the first question, which is also going to be long. Okay. Here we go. 
Give the gift of Smashville this holiday season. The Smashville at Home membership presented by Dr. Pepper allows fans to show Preds pride wherever you are. Join now to receive exclusive Preds items shipped to your front door every three months. Members also receive behind-the-scenes content, special benefits and perks, and a whole lot more. The winter membership is available right now for pre-order. Get yours today at NashvillePredators.com slash Smashville at Home membership. That's nationalpreds.com slash Smashville at home membership. That was great. So it's great. I mean, it's like. No, I'm uh, saying you were great. Well, thank you. But <laughs> this in itself is also great. I mean, you're getting Preds memorabilia, you're getting items, you're getting exclusive content and, you know, and, you know, for a monthly fee and yet it comes right to your door. I hope our great. friend and former employee, Megan, takes advantage of this. She was a member of the Dr. Pepper pack. Yes. So to be able to combine maybe two of her favorite things, Dr. Pepper and the Preds. <laughs> wow. If you have a Megan in your life, boy, have we got <laughs> There's the only a you. week till Christmas. So chip, <laughs> chop, chip. Um, let's get into the Twitter questions. We've got several from the week. I'm excited about a lot of these. Do you, I, you guys, you just continue to come through. For you us. know, and well, we love it. There's a certain sense of pride that originates from a follow-up question. I mean, you listened last week. You said, you know, you didn't quite answer the question properly, so I need to ask another one. But, you know, we do the research and we get it for you. Well, in this first question, Michael wasn't even prompted. He just asked. Like I always say, you, you don't have to wait for me to ask you. Just use hashtag Preds right. Podcast. That's and even he's better. Like, I'll do he's it. probably in the episode. He's like, you know what? I've got more questions. And here's what he said. He said in a recent episode, you were talking about the expansion draft. How does a no trade or a no movement clause affect whether a player is protected or unprotected? And then how maybe he could be made available in the upcoming expansion draft, which as we've said, summer 2021 to Seattle is what we expect. And for an answer, just to make sure I had it right, I went to the Predators Hockey Operations Department. So we just to reaffirm that you're getting the best info possible here on the POP. And if you're not, blame them. (laughs) (laughs) But Michael, to answer your question, so no trade clauses have no effect on a player's expansion draft status, nor are teams required to protect them. No move clauses which, by the way, if you want to look it up, I mean, it is like I've looked through the CBA before. It is interesting if you really want to dive deeply into this. It's uh, Section 11.8 of the CBA. So no move clauses are required to be on the team's protected list, even if they're modified by a no trade clause. That last part is a little bit confusing, but it's what the contract states. There are a couple of wrinkles. We don't have time to necessarily get into that. But, Michael, I hope that at least gives you and everyone else a bit of an overview as to exactly how that works. Again, uh, uh, section 11.8 of the CBA if you want <laughs> if you want to learn more. Uh, but thanks to Matt Heyman from our Hockey Operations Department for helping us out there. Right, and we won't get into this, but as forthcoming as the Predators are about the contracts and the term and the, that, that value, you won't always see no trade versus no move and that sort of thing revealed. So you may not know per se going in even to the expansion draft until you might see an Elliot Friedman or a Pierre Lebrun you know, might mention, hey, for example, the Predators are protecting this guy because he's got an NMC. Um, but I will say, at least overall, the Predators don't have many of those. So I don't think that they're going to be put into some kind of situation of, well, we wanted to protect all these guys, but we can't because of you know the contracts that we have so i wouldn't think at least for the preds it affects them too much brian go ahead well i'll I'll go ahead brian wants to know could time away from camp at the world juniors affect philip tomasino's chances of making the team number one i don't know that it overlaps with training camp that much and number Mm -hmm. two no i think this is super beneficial for him i think this is a chance for him to shine on a big stage and you know maybe give him a better chance not not worse as you just heard phil say if if there's any 
tune-up that you'd want for a potential NHL training camp. It doesn't get any better yeah, than the World Juniors. I agree. All right, I'll give you this one. Matt wants to know along that line, what prospects do we think have an actual chance to make the Predators roster in 2021? Well, so I think the obvious, if, if you even want to call Yakov Trenin still a prospect and Ellie Tolvanen as well, I think they've got the best shot. I think Tomasino is up there as well. I also go back to the guys, and I and I like this because I, and I feel good about myself because I said this last year that Matthew Olivier was potentially getting a chance, and he actually did. Mm-hmm. And David Poyle has mentioned him again. I would I would love to see any any combination or just one at a time. Matthew Olivier, Michael McCarron, and Tanner Janot potentially get a chance. Poyle has mentioned those guys all throughout the summer and fall as those bigger, stronger power forwards who can throw their weight around, chip in offensively. Michael McCarron especially. He's I was six, just saying, six five, right? Six six. He came six, over six, so an over, inch taller than me and probably like fifty pounds heavier. He's got some weight on you. So <laughs> he came over in a trade last year, put up some goals and some penalty minutes in Milwaukee. His brother, by the way, which hello Florida Everblades update two and zero, crushing the competition <laughs> over the weekend. Oh my! We said we'd have a Florida Everblades update. Uh, Michael McCarron's brother John is the captain of the Florida Everblades. Wow. Who knew? It's a family affair. Predators prospects did quite well, by the way. Predators prospect report on NashvillePredators.com has that, and the Everblades are back in action this weekend. There's your Everblades update. But <laughs> that's I, promised. I would love to see Michael McCarron get a shot. He's he's been in Montreal before. Uh, in the NHL, a draft mm-hmm. pick from them, a similar, very similar path to Jared Tenorti, honestly. Well, and like we said earlier in the show, with potentially an expanded roster or at least expanded options, you could even see a situation where you definitely want him in that group because, yeah, maybe you don't want to play him every night. Maybe it's only once every few nights. But now you have the easier ability to be able to do that. He did make... I don't know what you want to call it. I guess the expanded roster for the return to play in Edmonton. He was a part of that group. So I think that says to me, like, you know, maybe the Predators were, were serious in his potential to play for the roster. Uh, quickly, Dale said, can we hear your fantasy football lineups? We don't have time to give you the whole lineup. Well, sure we did. <laughs> so I guess we didn't put everybody to sleep. Uh, update. So you and I are both in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. We, have a ch- we are not playing each other, though. So we have a chance to play each other in the Super Bowl. Wow. Now, you will have to pull off one of the greatest upsets in league history. This is the sixth year of the league. You are playing my dad. He is 12-1. and one. That's, That's the best record that's ever happened. He also just got phenomenal news on Alvin Kamara. So it's looking even worse for you. <laughs> Your team's Great. catching COVID. It's going to be a little wild. Um, so you're the underdog there, but we'll see. Um, and then I'm the favorite in my matchup. But um, So like I said, this is the sixth year. So there's been five years previous, and only three people have won championships. I've won twice. The guy I'm playing, Matthew, has won twice, and you've won once. So we're all there in the final four. So I, I think it says that we're pretty good at this. We'll, we'll see. But we'll see if you know we're able to take it home. So, yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Kevin says we want to hear y'all's favorite holiday traditions at this time of the year. Where do we start with me? We don't have time. I will say I am a big fan of it's become a tradition on Christmas Eve uh, to have uh, prosciutto and chicken or cheese tortellini because I'm a big Italian, as as I know you are. You are well. an Italian, but you're an Italian well, fan. Well, no, I'm not Italian. <laughs> yes, correct. I'm not Italian. Italian food, however. I know you and I, big fans of the Italian food. So 100%. Favorite love some, food. Love some tortellini on Christmas Eve. Got to watch uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one of my all-time favorite movies in general. Definitely favorite Christmas movie. Also have to watch Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. So that's that's just a small sample. And there's many little things that I do, uh, but that's I'd say those are pretty high on the holiday tradition list. Mine are ever-evolving. My, my parents will be in town soon from North Carolina, so that'd be great to see them. But, I mean, again, with the whole two-year-old factor, I mean, 
Uh, my wife last week did the absolute cliche, like building the toy kitchen and then hiding it. So, you know, it can be revealed. <laughs> I don't think that my daughter listens to this podcast that closely. So this should Whew. not be too much of a spoiler, but we're, we're in that mode. So it's yeah. a, it's a lot of fun. I got your daughter some little ice cream <laughs> things you, for the kitchen. You might want to be careful. She might be able to pick up on that. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I think with that, we, we're kind of running out of time, so we got to go. So we'll say... Real quick, Justin said, how great is Matt Duchesne's hair? Really great. Like, really great. Like V Everybody's great. hair is really great. Your hair looks great. You just got to cut. Mm, I'm waiting until so. hockey starts again. My hair hasn't been this long Yikes. since high school. It's great. I love it. All right. Yeah. So we'll hopefully provide you an update. We'll do an emergency pod if we have to on you know updates about this season. We'll let you know about the fantasy football season. I mean, Josh Allen, Derek <laughs> Henry, Brandon Ayuk, cheer for those guys for me. I would appreciate it. There's a whole longer list, as you mentioned, but... If you want to get updates, follow Brooks Braden at Brooks Braden on Twitter, Brooks.Braden on Instagram. I'm at Tom A. Willis on Twitter. Make sure you're following at Preds NHL across social media. They have the best stuff. They have the stuff first. Go to nationalpreds.com slash podcast to rate, subscribe. Give us a Christmas present. Give us a five-star rating. <laughs> we, we'd appreciate it. Thanks to Philip Tomasino for joining the show. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Almost Happy New Year. World Juniors, Christmas Day, NHL Net. See ya.